previously on the Simply Human Podcast. I don't want to get graphic about it, but you have a great biofeedback device every morning, and that is a frankly a good healthy poop. And I don't, I don't want to go to hell. Well, let, let, let's go there because I had diarrhea for 18 straight months, and yeah. <laughs> thought that was normal. So, it's episode nine of the Simply Human podcast with your host Mark Rogers, a human being being human. My goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. And joining me is a special co-host today, uh, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, Rick. How are you, Rick? Good, Mark. How are you? Uh, very honored for you to have me on your show. I'm a devoted listener. I listen every week, and, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a human trying to be more human. I'm striving every day, and uh, your, your, your show helps me, uh, helps me along with that, and I appreciate you having me on. Well, I don't know. Uh, if you're a devoted listener, listen every week, then uh, and then I guess you're the only one. So now, <laughs> since you're on the show, we, we will have no listeners this week. So that's the, like every week you just bring on the people who listen and then eventually it's just going to be like a huge, like a hundred, a hundred people all trying to communicate like the worst, the most awkward, uh, conference call in the history of conference calls. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, you texted me, I guess this morning, and this is going to air on my wife's birthday, by the way, and she is well, absolutely... Future happy listen. birthday, Jen. Future yeah, she, birthday. she does not listen, so we don't have to worry about... <laughs> I was literally just going to ask, <laughs> yeah. hey, could you convince your wife to listen? Will she understand no. that I'm saying happy birthday? And she didn't listen when I was on the radio. She didn't listen when I was on TV. I would come home like, hey, did you see what happened on the news tonight? And she would be like, no. I didn't. I never watch you. Like okay, so I'm not. I'm not gonna expect her to to listen to this uh, debacle. Uh, well then, not happy birthday, Jen. Yeah, yeah. Happy fortieth, you old hag. <laughs> She's not forty. She's not forty. <laughs> She's twenty-one. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Thirty-three. I'm gonna throw it out there. That's her real age. Okay. Anyway. You texted me this morning, or yesterday morning, <laughs> uh, that you tried the Bulletproof coffee, so the coffee with butter, and so how did that go? What what all happened with that? It was uh, it was really good. What I did, and, and I was actually going to text you about it, so it's good we're talking about it now. What I did is I, uh, I brewed, you know, basically like a whole pot of coffee. That's about what I drink every day. And I put it, uh, I took like, and, and tell me if this is like about right, I put like a tablespoon of uh, unsalted organic butter in the uh, in the blender. Poured the coffee on top of it, which almost filled like the whole blender jar. And then I put like a little bit of cinnamon. And because I really really like the taste of it, and I feel like it helps things like you know coffee like that. I put uh, probably maybe two, maybe three tablespoons of uh, of heavy whipping cream in there and blended it. And it seriously for like for goodness sakes, it tasted like it came like a Starbucks drink. Right. And that's what I had for my breakfast. And for those of you who don't know, I work an odd schedule. I'm off of work on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And so the days that I work, it's easy for me to keep you know regimented. Like I eat the same things at the same times. But my days off are where I really struggle, especially with breakfast because, man, breakfast can get kind of monotonous. But that's all I had for breakfast. And, man, it really – I mean, I had breakfast – I had this at like probably 10 o'clock this morning. And here it is. I don't know. It's like 4 p.m. and I'm still going on it. And yeah, cool. It, it just you can tell like the. I mean, there's a ton of fat in it, but 
fat is fuel. Like, uh, I think I was hearing, like, uh, Vinny Tortorich talk about this the other day. If you called fat, if you called it fuel, you couldn't get people to stop eating it. Right. And it was, like, 40 grams of fat in this whole thing. But it's been powering me all day, hardly any carbs. And it's, I mean, I, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, is there anything else I should be adding to it or taking away from it? Or is well, that about how you like yeah, it? Yeah, no, that's that's great. And really, it's a, really a kind of a preference. There's a lot of wiggle room. How I do it, I'll, I'll fill up an empty, like a 17-ounce water bottle, you know, like the just sort of the standard water bottle. I fill that up with that we have a reverse osmosis thing in our house, so like I'll fill it up with nerd alert, nerd alert. Uh, I'll fill it up with that, and that's so that's basically like a, a big mug and then a little mug, and so it's a lot, probably a lot less coffee than you made this morning, but I will put like three times as much butter as you. Like I'll do three tablespoons of butter. And oh wow! Then, yeah, a dash of cinnamon and then like a tablespoon or, or typically two tablespoons of the MCT oil. I forgot. I put uh, coconut, coconut oil yeah, in it as yeah. well. About a tablespoon of coconut oil. Yeah. So I mean, but but if that's if that works for you and you like that, I mean, you know, it's uh that it's more cost effective to use less butter because uh, the organic unsalted butter can get. I mean, it's like five dollars, or it's like ten dollars a pound, really. Uh, so, yeah. But I, you know, in the grand scheme of things, I put it. I put it on everything, so it's uh, it's good. But Very quickly, while we're talking about the butter thing, is there a reason why specifically you recommend Kerrygold? Because uh, there's tons of different, uh, you know, I shop at Sprouts is right around the corner for me. They don't have Kerrygold there, but they've got a, diff- a bunch of different organic unsalted butters, and I was wondering why that uh, specifically. No, no reason uh, other than the fact that the Bulletproof exec, the Dave Asprey, who's like the, the father of Bulletproof Coffee, that's what he recommends. But, like, they have Horizon, and they've got... Uh, they, there, there are several other, uh, so really to me, it's like just get, if it says organic or, you know, anything's better than like, you know, you don't want to put country crock <laughs> in your, in your coffee that, that would be defeating the whole point. So, but yeah, so yeah. I don't think that the brand matters, but okay. yeah. Um, cool. So on today's show. Uh, we talked to author uh, and fitness coach, trainer. Uh, he wrote The Paleo Coach. He is, uh, whether he believes it or not, he is my coach, uh, Jason Seib. And then it's another hilarious edition of the Humans Being Human segment with none other than the compassionate baker, Urban <laughs> Rogers. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a funny segment because he's, he's pretty confused throughout the most of the segment uh and then we'll wrap up with our simply human tip of the week you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com there are links to the facebook page and youtube channel uh, simply human kids page follow me on twitter at simplyhuman52 email the show any questions concerns comments simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com so thank you for uh co-hosting today rick we're gonna we're gonna talk to rick in just a second uh so without further ado here's jason side and our discussion of diet is not a verb saying yummy moderation arguing with doctors which is always fun happy fun ball you remember that one rick uh <laughs> why weighing yourself is not a great idea yo-yo dieting meditation the important things in life and hedonic treadmill so here's jason all right, joining the Simply Human podcast, uh, I am thrilled to have Jason Seib. He is an author, a trainer, a dad. Uh, he is the the epitome of what I define as a human and as a healthy human. Uh, I, I read his and uh, I just I'm so happy that Jason has agreed to be on here. So, Jason, welcome to the Simply Human podcast. 
Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Cool. So we'll just start off, kind of give your bio, sort of what, where you started and, and how your philosophies have changed. I know you weren't always uh, what we would consider uh, the healthiest of humans and kind of start there and then sort of how you okay. transitioned into where you are now. Okay. Um, well, I guess my credentials are I wrote the the Paleo Coach. Um, it's been a successful kind of how-to paleo book for the uh, frustrated fat loss crowd mostly. Um, I own a gym called Clackamas Physical Conditioning in the Portland metropolitan area. And uh, I'm co-founder of EP Life Fit, Everyday Paleo Lifestyle and Fitness, EPLifeFit.com, which is an online training community uh, growing like gangbusters right now. I co-own that with uh, Sarah Fosso and my business partner in my gym, Chris Murphy. And then, um, uh, well, lots of lots of other irons in the fire right now, but uh, Sarah and I have always got some sort of project going on. I'm also a regular contributor to, to EverydayPaleo.com. Um as far as how I got here, uh, it's uh, it's not a super exciting story. I was introduced to, to working out, uh, I guess I was about 19, and I started lifting weights like, like a bodybuilder, bodybuilder style, and I was trained by a guy who was a very successful uh, amateur bodybuilder, probably could have pretty easily went pro if he would have pushed a little bit harder, took me under his wing and taught me how to, how to lift weights, and... Um, I sort of immediately became a geek. I uh, never really was the, the gym rat that a lot of a lot of people end up taking that kind of gym rat path. I uh, I, I was right away interested in in the the science behind the nutrition and the and the physiology and, and all of this stuff that made a uh, a big strong healthy body. And when you and I didn't I didn't uh, pursue training as my primary source of income until. Oh man, I really need to sit down and figure this out because I feel like I say something different in every interview. But I'm guessing right now, I think it was about eight, probably going on nine years ago now that I started doing it for my my primary source of income. Prior to that, I trained a few people here and there, and it was never anything that I I thought I could make a lot of money at. And uh, when you, uh, I've I've said it a thousand times in, in various other places, I think when you are willing to divorce yourself from your biases and not stay married to the things you've been told um, just because you've been told them. Actually follow the science and look at the data and really pour over that stuff and try to find out what what the, the, the data is really saying instead of what everybody uh, just has jumped to conclusions about. I think when you do that, all, all paths lead to paleo and this paleo lens, which I think uh, myself and Sarah Fragoso um, I mean, there's others, but it's, you know, uh, the two of us for sure. We we extrapolate that paleo lens out a lot farther than just you know what food should we eat. So, um, and I'm sure we'll get into that in a little while. But um, yeah, my, I don't have like this amazing testimonial that you know Sarah. And when we do seminars around the country, she has her uh, testimonial of how you know, she just wasn't in shape and her body was falling apart on her, and she finds paleo and proper exercise, responsible exercise, and everything comes together for her. I don't have that testimonial. I just always had this drive to, to know more in this subject. It's really my passion. So I have a couple of hard drives full of research papers that I basically all self-educated, taught myself how to read research papers, and for a long time I had to keep uh, keep a medical dictionary and medical encyclopedia open on my desktop so I could figure out what these guys were talking about in these studies. And pretty soon you start to recognize good 
good data from bad data and well-designed studies from poorly designed studies and one day you wake up and you're you're an expert and people are asking you for advice and everybody's taking your everybody that's taking your advice is getting in shape so um here we are there's uh now we've got a successful book and a, and a career and uh and a pretty dang good life because i don't feel like i work a, a day of it so does yeah, that answer your question yes yeah it's awesome um so, in, in your opinion, everything that you see, and you kind of you mentioned, you know, it goes beyond just the food you eat. And I love like your your psychological approach of everything. I'm actually uh, about halfway through the Selfish Gene, uh, which you recommended, and I have the Mating Mind uh, on tap to read next. And so, anything that Jason tells me to read, I read <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Uh, including his book, which I've also read like three times. But uh, yeah, so so the psychology part of it, and, uh, and so you know, the simple human lifestyle is eat, move, sleep, and enjoy life. And I think the enjoy life part of it is is really big. But so so in your opinion, what are the fundamentals of being a healthy human in a modern uh, society? Well, you just basically nailed them, but we can go into a little bit more detail. Um, uh, I mean, the big components of of uh, building a, a healthy human are um, exercise, nutrition, sleep, and stress management. Um, to touch on each of those, you should eat the way nature designed you to eat. Um, and uh, the example I like to use for that is that we're the only creatures on the face of the planet that consume nutrition in any form um, that could ever be said to use the word diet as a verb or to be going on a diet or doing a diet or dieting Everything else on the face of the planet has a diet. So you could go out into the woods here around my house and, uh, and, and catch one of these bobcats out here, and a, a local zoologist could list absolutely everything that's on that, that animal's um, diet, on its nutrition plan, if you will, what it's going to eat over the course of a year, and that list of foods would be called its diet. Which is a noun, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a noun. It has a diet, and you have a diet too. It's just that in, in most circles when we say what is the human diet, most minds will start wandering through the grocery store trying to think of you know what the healthy foods are, and which is a flawed system because you're really only looking at something that's maybe been around the way it is now. You know, grocery stores maybe a couple hundred years, and if we go back to the beginning of marketplaces or trade in general, we have to have the agricultural revolution, which takes us back an estimated ten thousand years, and we're still not even talking about a flash in the pan compared to the time that your species was under development. So um, somebody, and I'm not, I can't remember who, and I, I got to find out so I can start giving this guy credit, but somebody a couple years ago said, would you ever take a tiger out of the jungle, throw him in a cage, and feed him, uh, you know, 40% of his natural diet, and expect him to be, to become a, a peak example of tiger health? And I don't think anybody hearing that thinks that that's remotely logical. I mean, like that's, when we talk about animals, these things are just intuitive. They just, uh, no, that's silly. And yet in the standard American diet, most people are not eating 40% of their natural diet. And so um, it, it's odd that we, we separate ourselves so much. I think it's because our, our moms have all told us that we're, we're uh, you know, individual, unique little snowflakes and, and we'd stop thinking about ourselves as animals. And we are absolutely animals. And if we don't address that, that subject with sort of a, uh, from the angle of you know, human husbandry, the same way we would of animal husbandry, then we can expect to be sick. And we are. We have the only 
um, to my knowledge, the only st statistical significance of non-infectious non disease anywhere in the animal kingdom. There's nobody else out there or in the anthropological record or anything like that. There's nobody getting heart disease, stroke, rheumatoid arthritis, type 2 diabetes, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. These diseases just don't exist in nature. And, um, you know, most of them are even called Western disease, which, which qualifies them and quantifies them, says somebody doesn't get them. But if you start asking who doesn't get them, that's a really terrible way to sell drugs. So uh, we're not supposed to ask those questions. Right. I just so, I, I wrote a couple of articles uh, on my website, uh, a two-part, it's actually a three-part series uh, on water and how important mm -hmm. water is, you know, to, to life and how... You know, when you see commercials for like the Dr. Pepper or whatever, and it's like one of a kind, and it's all these like healthy, happy looking people. Like, I don't know anyone that drinks like what Dr. Pepper a week. Right. They don't drink Dr. Pepper or, or any soda, or you drink multiple sodas a day. And if, yeah, the, a lot and, of it. and if the marketers would actually use, like, say, who drinks the most Dr. Pepper and take the top 10 and put those people in the commercial? Because, not, mm -hmm. and not to say that you can't, if you drink Coke, you're this horrible looking monster but if you drink 10 cokes a day you're probably not sleeping good you're probably not eating good in other areas of your diet you're probably not exercising so it's like those top 10 people if they put those people in the in the ad then no one would drink soda anymore right and yeah. it's just so yeah, especially if we looked a little closer and found the you know the fatty liver disease and the the, the, the brewing type 2 diabetes and, you know, all the lack of metabolic flexibility and all the things that come along with that. And the, really the only reason that that person would ever, ever consume a beverage like that is for flavor. I mean, that is absolutely the only reason yeah. why, a, I mean, like if you honestly were interested in the caffeine and it was not a flavor issue, you drink coffee like everybody else. Right. But people, oh, I don't like coffee, so flavor is the issue here, so I've got to drink, you know, soda. And, um, and, and that's, I mean, if, if it's not a caffeine issue, then it's just, you're just consuming your liquid that form, which is 100% about flavor. You know, that, when was the last time you were just like dying of thirst and couldn't wait to get a Pepsi in your mouth? Right. I mean, it's just, like, come on. <laughs> you're like out in the really desert, gonna, you're in the desert, like crawling on the sand, like Pepsi. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, you go on a 100-mile bike ride with no water, you're going to fall off that bike asking for water, I guarantee you. Right, <laughs> you're right. not going to be like, hey, could I have a sweetened beverage, please? Right. And that's what I love about your approach. It's like if you really look at it and balance the, the pros and cons of drinking water when you're thirsty or drinking a soda when you're thirsty, like the only, the only, literally, there's one positive thing in the pro, there's one thing in the pro column of the soda and it's how you say you can say yum yeah man that it, really yeah, tasted good thing, like with ice cream and all the sweets and you don't, you've never eaten an ice cream when you were hungry yeah I mean, you don't like that we do that for flavor alone and it's just i talk about that in the book it's just crazy like and i've done it myself so i totally get it but you know i'm not up on a on my high horse here but it's crazy what we as humans are willing to sacrifice to appease one of our five senses. Right, yeah. Like the example I use in the book is that nobody is willing to gain 30 pounds to listen to more of their favorite music. Right. Nobody's willing to shorten their life by two decades to touch more velvet. Yeah, like or, have, you know, have better or sheets. see more beautiful sunsets. <laughs> right. You know, but we are willing to sacrifice so much to appease our, our sense of taste 
why do we value that sense of taste and, and what we're willing to give up for it so much more than our hearing and our sense of touch and our, and our ability to smell things? I mean, like, what, why, you know, why aren't those things totally destroying our lives, too? It's, it's really crazy. Yeah, I love that, that sort of aspect of it and trying to figure out, like, how did we get to where we are, where now, like, the, the definitions of health and natural and, and moderate are all so skewed. You know, you're like, oh, I, I, uh, I eat ice cream moderately. I only have it, you know, once a, once a day. Like, I only have one Snickers a day. Right. That's moderation, <laughs> you know, and how, how yeah. you, know, you can look at the person who, you know, is, like, being lifted out of a crane from their house, and you're like, well, I'm not that fat. Yeah, <laughs> and here you right. are, like 100 yeah. pounds overweight. The averages are all screwed up. That's right. the problem. I mean, like we 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 have a medical community that doesn't sell health. You know, people like myself who are in the business of actually selling health and vitality. We're the, I mean, I could argue with with doctors all day long, and and unfortunately, I have. I mean, not that there's not fantastic doctors out there. Don't get me wrong. I know some amazing ones, but the majority of the medical medical community sells not sick. They don't sell health. And so the average now is, and what is considered acceptable, is not sick. And I don't know how that got acceptable, where you can be, you know, 30 or 40 pounds overweight, have no energy, sleep terrible at night, have digestion issues, uh, headaches, all of that. But technically, you're not sick. And that's what we've sold you. You owe us that. We should get a big high five for getting you to that awful point you're at where your life basically sucks and you've got no vitality and you're not experiencing the things that you you would like to experience or you've psychologically you know downgraded that and told yourself that you don't need the things that you probably wish you could do if you were fit and healthy and you know I mean, isn't the goal to run into your funeral when you're you know 100 years old and dive head first into your coffin and pull the lid shut and yell go or is it I'm not sick, and you know my my handful of drugs makes me it makes me as not sick as you who are also my age. So you know we're, we're all good. You know that's yeah. doesn't it? Why isn't that turning more stomachs? Yeah, and like the, there's some, somehow there's the disconnect between like what you were saying, like oh I'm not sleeping good. I can't fall asleep at night. But there's the, the, you don't relate that with what you're eating or when you're eating or or that you're not moving like a human should move. And there's like all these things that we just think, well, I'm not sleeping good. So I guess it's because I'm not taking enough Ambien. Uh, right. my, my Ambien hormone, as you say, isn't producing enough, <laughs> producing enough uh, Ambien. Uh, it's, it's secreting Ambien. So, you know, I need to take, I have an Ambien deficiency. Uh, and then you know, another place where we really, really see that blindness is um, I've been, I've been doing some research lately on testosterone and women and talking with women about birth control and things like that. And, you know, they recently saw some research that um, shows that uh, free testosterone is reduced by a, a, an average of 60% across mo, uh, chemi- most chemical birth controls, which is just obnoxious. I mean, you're talking about mood dumping through the floor, uh, fat going up, uh, sex drive going down, I mean, just a myriad of things possibly going wrong, cancerous type situations, all of that. But the funny thing is, is how very, very few women would ever consider birth control as a health risk. And I've been, especially like, you know, years ago, I have some older clients that got, you know, they're in 50s and 60s now and got married and just immediately started taking the pill. 
and it came from their doctor, it would never have crossed their mind. And all the years they took it, you know, they don't take it now, but all the years that they took it, it never crossed their mind. And I'm literally the first person talking to them about the health risks of that stuff, mentioning it, you know, with with uh, the type of research I'm doing lately. And they're just like, wow, you know, it just makes sense now doing all this stuff with you, but I would have never thought that that would have been a problem. And I think that's kind of what we do in large part. Like, when when was the last time... Okay, before you were interested in all this stuff, Mark, when, before you were really thinking about health and fitness, did you ever, ever not tune out the list of side effects on the drug commercial? I mean, I never heard of one. I never heard one side effect on a single list. Right. Are you there with oh, me? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just, it's like the Saturday Night Live has that hilarious, uh, you know, parody on those. It's like Happy Fun Ball, and then it lists off all the side effects, and it's like Happy Fun Ball will kill you. Happy Fun Ball, and there's like all these things like listing at the end that you don't even like listen to them. Yeah, my brain had already moved on yeah. until I became interested in this stuff, and I think that's what's in, in large part happening. But it's happening not just in in medicine. It's just we are not stopping to think where any of the things ALS are coming from. Like nobody's going, and what causes that? And what causes that? It's We have a model that says um, A caused B, but we aren't even going to think about A. We're going to do C. You know, and that, it's crazy. It's like it, the, the, another example from the book. It's like, you know, whittling on your finger and looking for a better bandage. It's You need to put the knife down right. like really badly. Not a, Another Band-Aid is not going to help you as long as you're going to keep cutting yourself. Well, an example that I use is, uh, okay, let's say your your oven is on and and so your burners are hot. Okay, mm-hmm. like what's, what's a more efficient way to make those burners go back down to room temperature when you're done cooking? Is it just to turn them off or is it to like come up with this super complex system of like pulleys and water tubes that will like keep a continuously running cold stream <laughs> of water across your stove to make the temperature right. go down? Like what? That's what we've done. We've set up this system. It's so complex, and it's like it's not. It doesn't have to be that hard. Just turn the thing off. Like it's it's not rocket science, and that's sort of the whole concept behind the simply human lifestyle. It's like, and I think one of the reasons why there's such a disconnect is because technology and innovation has done so many great things in transportation and education and science and in in medicine in some ways. Like if I chop my finger off, they they can like sew my finger back on and heart transplant cool. surgeries. That kind of <laughs> stuff is great. But then there's that that gray area where yeah, it's great in you know like orthopedics or like communicable diseases, but it's not great in you know, oh, you've got a cholesterol number this high. Here's a statin. Here's Ambien. Here's Prilosec. Here's uh, we're going to cut your stomach out. Like that. It's just like there, there's. It just sort of all flows together in people's minds that oh, all technology and innovation and medicine is good and healthy for us, and it's absolutely not. It's like the the minimalist running movement isn't some new technologically advanced. Oh, we're gonna like walk around barefoot, and that's better for you. No, that's that's a regression, and any regression in our society today is looked at negatively. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, we're we're blinded by, um, well, by the fact that we've been doing this society thing for just just a bit too long to remember what it might have been, uh, what, what it might have been like when we were just healthy and didn't have to think about it. Right, and I'm so, I'm really uh, interested in like the the rhythms of 
and cycles there you know there's a yearly annual cycle there's a monthly cycle there's a daily cycle and we just get so out of touch with those cycles like i i do the best i can when there's when the sun goes down i have all these like orange tea lights and candles and i try to light our house you know like through that instead of just having all this artificial light on and that's really you know, I've seen a big difference in my girls' uh, sleeping patterns and everything. And I'm, I've actually signed up for an outdoor survival training course in March. And I'm going to be eight days out in the wilderness just, like, learning how to hunt small game. And my, my tens of listeners are probably sick of me talking about it because I'm, like, super – every episode I'm like, I got this outdoor survival. I need a Rambo knife, and that's all I need. And, uh, and so <laughs> I, I just can't wait to get, like, really get back in touch with that daily – sort of circadian rhythm that we're all supposed to be in touch with nice yeah that reminds me of uh what um a lot of the stuff that mark sisson talked about in uh in uh his primal connection was uh his it's his going way past just nutrition and talking about everything from some of those rhythms and sleep and you know being connected with nature and i mean it's a fantastic book unfortunately it didn't sell as well as the primal blueprint because um, I think we get so you come you come to a situation like the paleo diet, which you know I hate to use those words like that. It just leads to failure when people come and treat this like another diet and follow the rules of it. There, right. most of the time, those people fail. But the um, taking it beyond that to you know extrapolating it out to something that actually creates a healthy human is is um, is what's going to actually be essential to getting to your goals. But we come to these types of things that we, you know, one specific goal. I have a pant eyes I need to be in, for example. Right. Um, I don't want to talk about sleep. I don't want to talk about meditation. I want to talk about you tell me exactly what to eat and exactly what, how to move and for how long. Right. Done. End of discussion. Let's not, I mean, what does this have to do with health? This isn't about health. This is my pant eyes. And um, I think it's a tough realization that a lot of people don't ever come to, but the people that do are greatly, greatly rewarded. And it's that, you know, if you want sustainable results, if you want to change the way your body looks in a fashion that you can you can sustain, you can keep it, you can look that way for forever, and you're not just on the yo-yo diet, you have to improve your health. And so every consideration needs to be, what can I do to become healthier? And then you have to count all the little things like, you know, my, my headaches are going away, my skin's getting better, my hair's getting better. All of that is you on your way to smaller pants. You can't do this and go measure your waist every day. It's, it's, it's ridiculous and it will leave you frustrated. Right. You need to throw your scale off of something tall like, <laughs> or give it to somebody you hate. I, just, I tackle that subject in the, in the Paleo Coach to extensively. It's, I mean... You, you need to be weighing yourself if you have a lot of rickety bridges you need to cross. <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, there's absolutely no reason to, to check gravity's effect on you to see whether or not you're attractive in a species that judges these things visually. And the one guy who's it's, out there like crossing rickety bridges is like, oh, good, I could keep my scale. <laughs> good, yeah, right. Yeah, Deb Hunter in the book, I show her at 155 pounds in two pictures. One of them, she's a size 6, and one of them, she's a size 12. Yeah. Which just kind of shoots down the whole concept that if you think you have an ideal body weight, I mean, she could have come into the gym and said, I want to be 155, and I had to take her to that size 12 and been like, done, give me my money, get out. You know, but I, she's much happier to size 6 at 155. So um, you, you don't have an ideal weight. And you also don't have 
uh, a, a weight loss goal or you should not have a weight loss goal. You, you, what you want is a, is a fat loss goal. That's the only thing that's ever going to make sense. And yeah. to say that that will correlate to weight loss is wrong. And if you're constantly shooting for weight loss, especially if you're using the concept that you need to uh, eat less and move more, you are going to be on the yo-yo diet uh, bandwagon and you're body will upregulate everything it uses to store fat, all of the methods that it gets fat into your fat cells, and your weight will go down, and, or, and then you will gain fat back, and then your weight will go down, and you will gain fat back. Every time weight goes down, you're losing muscle too. Do that long enough, and you're a squishy, metabolically broken mess, and it takes a long time to dig out of that. So yo-yo dieting, each consecutive yo-yo dieting bout tends to make things a little bit more difficult when you finally get it right. And then it requires the patience of settling into that six-month to one-year plan to getting really healthy. But all of this is just completely contrary to what we've all been taught. And it's, um, it's really frustrating for the client and for somebody like me, the trainer, when they are expecting Weight Watchers-type results. Yeah, yes, you can absolutely come to my gym and I can rip 30 pounds off of you so fast it'll blow your mind. But you will gain it back, and you will be more metabolically damaged for the whole event. And you won't so be happy. Conscious, I can't do that. You'll be miserable the whole time. Right? Yeah. Like, and that, right. I mean, like, why? Why do we all diet like we're uh, like we're all going out on one night stands? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, why? Why are you trying to look good for a week? Like, stop! Stop yeah. trying to look good for a week. Figure out how to look good for the rest of your life. Right. And the inside uh, insider tip on that is that in order to look really good for your whole life, you have to be really healthy because every healthy body out there looks 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 pretty dang good, especially compared to where it was if it was unhealthy. Right. I and in nature, that's that's what what animals are all attracted to, and you're attracted to it too, whether or not you like it. Good health in humans is the best we come to, the closest we can come to a good display of, gen display of genetics, which is what we're all looking for. We just romanticize it and use, you know, Disney romances to to uh, to to try to act like this is, um, you know, emotional and sweet and wonderful. But really, it's mostly biochemical, and um, attraction has a purpose, and that is mixing the best possible genetics with your your genetics to give your offspring the best possible chance downstream right. that requires a display of good genetics which in humans is a display of good health right i love i love the ep life fit sort of tagline is healthy by choice hot by accident and that right. that kind of goes along with everything we've been saying and, and how it's not just about you like you you can't just eat you can't just focus on what you're eating and and then yeah. and expect that to work and, and also you can't like be eating good sleeping good moving good but you're like totally stressed all day about work or you're not doing things you're not like doing some internal silence or meditating or doing or doing something to help mitigate stress or you can't be doing that and sleeping good and eating good but not exercising i mean like all four of the pillars of this you know and, and i think we agree on what those pillars are are all in tandem and they all work together and they all have to be working together to to be healthy and, and you and I, what i try to tell people is don't don't do something. Don't do like a fast or some sort of starvation thing for two weeks, where you're gonna have to at the end of two weeks, like or or when you get to your goal weight, whatever that is, then you're like, okay, I've gotten to my goal weight. Now I have to figure out how to sustain this. Just just start now. How you? It's like it's like when you when you set a goal. You don't want to set a goal as the person you are when you set it. You want to set the goal as the person you want to be when you achieve it. So when you have like a goal in mind as far as health. 
you have this picture of yourself as a healthy human, we'll start doing the things today that that person is going to do sustainably, and then you will eventually get there. You don't have to do some crash yeah. diet or some, like you said, follow some rules to get down to some certain weight. But then, you know, if you do a crash diet and starve yourself, now your body is 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 moving slower metabolically, and you're and as soon as you start you know, eating the right amount of food, your body, which is slowed down, is going to put on all the weight. And so, you know, I'm a big Jonathan Baylor fan. I'm trying to get him on the show too. And I just, I could just sit here and listen to him all day as well. Talk about, you know, the calories in calories out is total hogwash. And it's just a total myth that we've all been led to believe that the same way that low fat, healthy whole grains are healthy for you. And it's just, you know, when people see the interesting thing is this is all easier than, than everything else out there that I know of. I mean, like you're going to give up some of your favorite foods and you're going to, but you're going to find some other favorite foods, Right. but you're not going to starve yourself. My clients are nine times out of 10, no more than that, 99 times out of a hundred. When women come to me, my cl- my clientele is, is uh, probably about 70% women, maybe a little bit more right now um, with fat loss goals. And when my clients come to me, they are, Almost never, I mean, seriously, 99 out of 100 of them are not eating enough food for fat loss. Right. So it's literally the opposite of what they've been taught to believe. And then all of those years of conditioning, we have to build back up slowly to a reasonable amount of calories so their body gets out of starvation mode and stops hoarding every little calorie it possibly can in their fat cells. And then finally, this flip switch gets thrown, and the body says, "Well, you know what? We don't have to. We don't have to hoard all this this stuff in the fat anymore. Life is pretty good now. There's plentiful food, and then you're, you'll start letting go of fat." But they're not weighing and measuring food. We're just inching their calories up. They're not doing hours of cardio. They work out usually three days a week. I have them walk as often as they possibly can, but there's no number we set on that. You know, I want them to walk every day, but I don't need them to, you know, measure that and say, okay, I got my 30 miles in this week. It's nothing like that. Just walk as often as you can. Use all the little tricks, park farther away from the store, take the stairs, all those kinds of things. But most of this stuff is just... You get educated, and then it becomes the intuitive choice that you should make because you you know what you should be doing. None of it is contrived anymore. You're not sitting around um, weighing and measuring things or counting points or making a plan or starving yourself or telling yourself, oh, those skinny people just must be better at (laughs) being hungry than I am. You know, it's just, I mean, we, we really... Yeah, I mean, everybody who does this, who steps in, in, the, in the footprints that we draw on the ground, everybody, 100%, everybody ends up happier and healthier. And I mean, you can believe me or you cannot believe me, but I've got the testimonials to show for it. Or you can just go roll the dice and try it and see if I'm wrong. But I mean, you can take any one little thing. You can pull grains out of your diet for one month. And then put them back in, and you're going to feel like you got run over by something. Right. You can you can stop doing all your crazy cardio and start walking and watch your energy come back because your thyroid starts to adjust back up to something reasonable and gives you your metabolism back. You can lift weights instead of run marathons. You can you know I mean there's the 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 list is meditation. Meditate for a week and you'll feel stupid every day doing it. Meditate for two or three weeks and you'll start to understand what's going on with meditation, and and your stress level will 
it'll be easier to control. You know, I'm not going to give you all the details on how exactly to do that here, but you know, there's a great book called Eight Minute Meditation. I always recommend eight minutes a day. You can go check that out. But any one of these little things leads to improved quality of life, not detract detracted or, or de- decreased quality of life because of what you lost. Right. It's and 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 I can promise your listeners that i can guarantee them that when you do a diet like like weight watchers or you know any other starvation diet out there any of the cleanses or whatever it is about how long can you be miserable and how long can you wander around in society um trying to to live a day-to-day life without the fuel that it takes to get through from you know from morning to night and eventually your mood and your you know depression happens in those situations your mood goes through the floor your steroidal hormones just dump your sex drives down i mean all of the things that we associate with vitality and happiness dip on a scientific level i mean you know you're you start chasing dopamine in the flavors of your foods and, and that's that's where you you start getting your happiness but i mean what we're selling here is not misery to the end of I look good in my bikini for a minute. Right. It's it's it honestly and truly will improve the quality of your life if you do it all. And um it's not harder. You know, like I said, you're gonna exercise uh, a few hours a week. You're gonna walk whenever you can. You're gonna eat paleo foods, which is mostly meat and vegetables. Oh that sounds really limiting, yeah. does it? Like well, there butter are hundreds of cookbooks out there. <laughs> yeah. My business partner, Sarah Fugoso, has three amazing cookbooks, Everyday Paleo, Everyday Paleo uh, Family Cookbook, and uh, Everyday Paleo Around the World, Italian Cuisine, all three of them, absolutely unbelievable. I have had these cookbooks, I always get them pre-release, I have, well, there's no way I'm ever going to end up making every single recipe in all of those cookbooks, right. and so... Um, it, 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 this isn't limiting. You know, you got to get off of Facebook and go to bed. Uh, you got to, you know, but then you're going to be up earlier with more vitality. So, you know, is it is it that important to be up at, at midnight? But, you know, the first half of your day sucked. You, you were miserable. So, I mean, is it, there's a trade-off here. Things aren't better because you're staying up super late. You know, you got to manage your stress a little bit because you're not going to be able to change all of your stress. You're not going to be able to get rid of the fact that some of us have jobs we don't love. We work with people we don't love. Well, sometimes our relationships get a little bit bumpy, and sometimes it's hard to make our car payments. That kind of stuff needs to be managed, not escaped from. So you do things like meditate so you can learn how to manage uh, stress, not run from it and hide from it until it builds on you and eats you up. None of this is difficult. Not, not one part of this. Yeah, I had the a, only hard part is the change. I had a buddy uh, email me this morning, actually, and he was like, okay, that's it. I, I, I'm sick of playing around with it. I'm going all in. I'm giving up Cokes. I'm, I'm, doing, I'm doing the whole thing. And, and he's almost like, like upset about it. And I was like, I emailed him back. I was like, dude, if you're ever like hungry or miserable, you're not like a like you're not eating enough. B, you may not be eating enough fat. You should never feel like, oh man, uh, I have to give up pancakes. But you're getting eggs and bacon and butter and all the sour cream, like the best tasting foods on the planet and the most sating foods on the planet. Like that's right. that's what you're gaining. And there's no like I eat. I don't have a cheat day. Like I don't have, I don't have a cheat meal like, because. Every every day to me is like a you know a quote unquote cheat day. I had like a pound of salmon last night with grilled 
uh, vegetables and some like 100% baking chocolate, which to me tastes like a Snickers bar, even though there's no right. sugar in it. You know, it's like the girl, my girls hate it. You know, like I, they'll, I want some chocolate. I'm like, okay, here you go. And they like spit it out. You know, it's so bitter, but <laughs> I, I love it, you know? And that's like yeah. a treat. Uh, and there's a lot of good fat in that. Uh, but, but anyway, I, it's funny too. I just ordered, uh, I, it's hard for me to get Kerrygold butter uh, where I live. Mm-hmm. And so I was finally like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to buy like a ton of it. So I got like 20, 20 pounds of grass-fed butter delivered to my house yesterday. And you open my refrigerator yes. and all all you see is like Kerrygold butter and then all my grass-fed meats and bones. And I'm, I'm thawing out bones and chicken feet to make my bone broth tonight and i had somebody last night uh saw me drinking it and the first time someone hasn't been like sick and i'm like it's well. it's beef stock it's beef stew and she and she was like i'll buy i'll buy some from you so like, hey sweet <laughs> that was like the first time that someone wasn't just repulsed by it and I, it's so funny how people are repulsed by beef stock you know fantastic yeah that's so. awesome yeah I, I i just don't i don't think that anybody that, that sticks this out ever feels like they're you know paleo is their cross to bear i just don't yeah. i think you you eventually the the rewards outweigh so dramatically anything that you might have originally thought was a negative and, and really you just those just go away like you're like oh you know i'm really gonna miss um bread with my with my dinner and and you just don't yeah. like you miss it for like a week maybe two weeks yeah. and then you don't ever miss it again so if you go try to make this list of pros and cons you realize that you had all these temporary cons from you know when you first started that aren't around anymore and so i i mean i could go to anybody that i that i train that's been doing this for a while or any of my trainers in my gym or you know any of the other people that i associate with that are that are you know paleoites that have it just dialed and be like you know what's the downside to this and i know they would just you know stare up to space and be like um uh, you're gonna have to give me a while <laughs> you know right. like i don't i don't know what the downside is to this like, like what the only thing that people ever list and people will literally tell you look you right in your eye oh i couldn't give up blank like really you couldn't give up blank to look feel and perform better <laughs> so what is it about blank that makes it that you couldn't give it up and they will tell you something about the way they like the flavor if you push them well i have it like every meal why do you have it at every meal well it's convenient well there's lots of things that are convenient so why why that particular thing and eventually you will get to it tastes good so i'm willing to sacrifice the way i look feel and perform because the flavor of this is 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 worth that to me yeah it's worth it's worth like when i retire being able to to not go do cool, fun stuff is to spend my retirement sitting in waiting rooms at doctor's offices. That's It's worth that. Like, okay. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, if that's so your decision, yeah. then cool. I really sacrifice my end years because this is yummy. Yeah. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's just like, it's so mind-blowing. But um, anyway. Uh, well, hey, I, I uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I know you have three uh, small children. I also have three small children. And I'd maybe try to coordinate with you at some point early next year, maybe in the spring, to have you back on and have just like a purely like a topic on talking about kids. Um, but uh, yeah, I know, fun. yeah. So I know we're running up on time because I mean I do I I, I make Vitamix sh- milk shakes that I put bone broth in and raw eggs mm-hmm. and uh, probiotics and 
all this stuff yeah. and and they they just guzzle it down and i'm like i'm like the evil like ha ha, ha you are eating bone broth <laughs> you are more healthy right. and so uh so i'd love to, to talk have a show where we talk about that but as we're coming up on time i just wanted to uh, ask you the question that i try to ask everyone that's on the show and that is it's part of the enjoy life pillar of the simply human lifestyle and that is what is one thing that jason does that you either really enjoy or, or one thing that you do to make life more enjoyable or just something that you just flat out enjoy about being alive? I, um, I kind of have a, um, a mantra that I've learned to return to that I think a lot of people have thought of, but maybe don't take it very seriously. And I, um, pretty much daily end up back at the, at a, at a place in my head where I, force myself to think about the things that I'm going to care about on my deathbed. And um, I, you know, none of it's going to matter when I'm older, people will say, but honestly stop and think about what would be important to you. This is what I do anyway. What would be important to me when I'm, I'm going out when I'm, you know, got a foot in the grave and I'm saying my goodbyes. Uh, There was a a book and I'm, I'm blanking on the title of it right now, but it was written by some uh, two hospice nurses and they interviewed tons of people that they were with in the last couple of weeks of their lives and nobody ever said anything about career nobody ever said anything about money it's always about more time with your loved ones uh being a you know better influence on your kids things like that and i because of that line of thinking i'm always draw drawn back to my daughters and um sometimes things are super demanding that have to take a precedent but um but I will very often just put my foot down in life and be like, I'm not willing to do this right now because my kids need some attention for me. I, I, I'm going to go play with my daughters today because that needs to happen today. So everybody else can make demands of me if they like. Um, and But that, this is how it's going to go. Oh, I realize that that's not entirely usable advice for all of your listeners because I do have a career in which I have a bunch of irons in the fire that all are you know doing pretty well and I don't have a boss in any of them so my deadlines are mostly things that I make myself or that if, if I don't make a deadline I just maybe don't you know make some money on a certain project or you know um, I, I would possibly let down a client those kinds of things I, but those are all things that I can wrestle with myself and I don't ever let clients down but I do have a lot of control that other people don't um, necessarily always have in their careers but my perspective like I say paleo coaching over and over again perspective is everything when it comes to health and fat loss and all that I honestly firmly believe the exact same thing when it comes to stress management and how you get through your life and if you've got that 30,000 foot view perspective, you don't get wrapped up in the stupid little day-to-day stuff that can really pull you down and weigh you down to the ground. Just, you know, big weight on your shoulders over something that just couldn't possibly have anything to do with your survival and couldn't possibly hold any value in a decade, let alone when you're on your deathbed. And uh, that's the type of stuff I just try to keep into perspective. And then there's also the, I've done a lot of happiness research Um we recently had a guy named Robert Beeswas Diener on our podcast, and he's a, a positive psychologist. And through him, I've learned a ton about happiness. And I've I've learned that um, the uh, hedonic treadmill will always let you down. And what that basically means is that there is 
circumstantial happiness through things when people say when I have blank or when blank happens I will be happy they're pretty much always wrong so virtually every time you said when this happens to me I will be happy you, you've been wrong every time you never sustainable long-lasting happiness never comes out of things give you an example let's say you got a flat-screen TV and you're so stoked about your flat-screen TV and now the world in, it owes you flat screen TVs. You go to a buddy's house who doesn't have one, and you're like, "Oh my God, what's the what, what's the deal? I, you, where's your flat screen TV? I can't watch the game on this this big boxy TV that two days ago I didn't even have." Six months go by, and everybody has one, and your your flat screen TV is just a TV now. And a, another example from kind of another angle, we will tell ourselves, "I would be so happy if I just got this raise," but you never think. God, if I got fired, I'm going to be unhappy all the way to my grave. Yeah, I will be unhappy for the rest of my life. Or if I wreck my car right now, I will be unhappy for the rest of my life. But you honestly do think that on the other side of the fence. You think if I get this raise, I will be happy for the rest of my life. <laughs> right. You don't necessarily say it that way, but you believe that. You believe that this is a missing piece, and it's just the next missing piece. Yeah. Yeah. So once you understand those types of things, you can find happiness a lot easier by realizing that none of those superficial things are ever going to have anything to do with your happiness for more than a split second, and you can start focusing on stuff that really counts. Yeah. So I know that was kind of an elaborate answer, but an elaborate subject for me, I am nowhere near done learning about the things that make me honestly and truly happy. Cool. Well, that's great. Uh, and I just, I'm so like, you are one of my, you know, sort of, uh, whether you like it or not, one of my mentors and uh, sort of an idol of mm -hmm. mine. And so it's just such a thrill for me to be able to... You can do better. Yeah. <laughs> you can do better. There are way more of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's just like, uh, I'm just, you have a lot of things pulling you all different directions and just uh, thank you so much for taking time to do this. And you are one of the the inspirations for me to pick up my sword and join the fight in this battle to try to get people uh, to understand and to really, you know, and, and if people understand and they still choose to make unhealthy decisions and that is I, fine, totally cool with me. Uh, I just trying to get the, the word out, uh, because so many people, you know, think, uh, such a, have such a backward thinking on what uh, being a healthy human is. So thank you for everything that you and Sarah do. Uh, love your podcast. I believe episode 61 was just released or 62, 62, 62. Yeah on Tuesday. Yes, yeah, so I still have to listen to that one. I'm, I'm, I'm all cut up. I've listened to every one of them. Um, it's the top of my... And it comes out every Tuesday. Is that right? Yep, every yeah. Tuesday Except morning. for that one. It's up on iTunes by that night, but yeah. we post it on, our fa on my Facebook. It's up on Tuesday morning. Except for that one week that you had the gall to go on vacation and it came out on I, Wednesday. So, I know. How could Golly. I go to Disney and took my family there? I can't believe the <laughs> of me. Such a jerk. But... All right, well, Jason, yeah. I appreciate it, and I will. I'll shoot you an email, and we will uh, maybe try to have like a kids uh, topic, one of these, maybe in the spring or something. Okay, perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. All right, thanks, fun, Jason. It's fun doing this. I'm glad to do it again. I appreciate it. All right, thanks again, Jason. I'll have links to Jason's book, The Paleo Coach, and his website in the show notes. Also, links to everything else that we talked about. Uh, all that stuff, like. Uh, the 8-Minute Meditation Book, uh, EP Life Fit, which is his website, all of Sarah Fergoso's cookbooks, and the uh, Robert, uh, I think, Beeswastiner, something like that. I'm going to look it up and find out exactly uh, how to spell that guy's name because he's really smart, but he has an extremely, uh, horribly difficult uh, last name. So 
Uh, all right, now Rick is still with us. So Rick, uh, are you hanging in there? I am hanging in there. That was a very, I'm very interested because you know what Jason is to you, you kind of are to me. So it's good for me to hear, you know, kind of where you get it. Just you know, broaden the, the knowledge base, so to speak. I right, guess. Right. And so at the time of the recording, I think they only had 62 episodes, and I believe six, episode 64 was released this week. And uh, Beeswasteiner was actually, as he said, was on one of his and so yeah I, I there's come out every tuesday and so I, I that's like the first podcast i listen to so uh yeah so saib is a good guy and uh hopefully we'll have him on uh he said he would be so i'm gonna hold him to that but uh, oh speaking of bulletproof coffee uh yes. i emailed dave asprey and asked him to be a guest on the show his assistant wrote me back and said no, which I completely, which, which I completely expected. But I wrote back and I was like, "Hey, totally understand. Thanks for at least getting back with me. Um, you know, that was the nicest no I've ever received. You know, I was like real nice on the email." And she wrote me back and she was like, "Really appreciate how you took that. I'm sending you a bag of, of bulletproof coffee for nothing." See, I was hoping that the way that story ended was like uh, you said this. Hey, totally understand. Uh, you know, whatever. I appreciate it, anyways. And then they like sent you a fax of like a middle finger, like matrix dot printing, yeah. like a huge middle finger. And then I've got one in my house, like I have a printer that does that. <laughs> like you have to like put the spool on, uh, you know, the tail of the paper. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, it is now time uh, to have Urban Rogers as a guest on the show uh, I cannot wait for this by yeah, the way and it's uh, the, the first story it's not a super long segment and the first story has to do you know my dad works at a church and you know it, it, it's it has to do with strippers but it's really not I mean you know just bear bear with the story it is about we were at kind of the wrong place at the wrong time and uh, it was kind of a, a bad deal so it's not we were not you know for the record full disclosure we were not in a strip club, it was it was it was completely an accident. So keep that in mind when you talk to this. And then the second story has to do with a funeral, which is always hilarious. Man, your dad has the most random, like hilarious stories. Like, okay, so anyway, I was like at the Holocaust Museum, okay, yeah. and like, this guy just random, like uh, Larry David, like yeah. curb your enthusiasm style. Like, How does stories. this get funny? So. All right, so without further ado, here is Urban Rogers, the compassionate baker. Is this Bear Rogers? I'm sorry? Is this Bear Rogers? Bear? Yes. Uh, this is Urban Rogers. Yes, otherwise known as Bear. Oh, yeah? <laughs> what did it say on your phone when I called you just now? That you're so confused. It says unknown. <laughs> Where are you? I'm on the way to Sherman. You were about to give me the what for. You were about to say, I'm not interested in whatever it is. I was. <laughs> well, hey, do you have uh, do you have a second? Do you want to record this thing? Well, I'm in the car. Is that That's fine. We can just talk. Rec what do you want to record? I want to I want to ask you about some of those stories uh, that we talked about, and I want you to tell. Uh, there are three in particular that I think would be uh, humans being human worthy. The first one being uh, the New Orleans uh, strip club incident. Do you recall yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, so kind of take us through 
what uh, what happened? Why? How, how, as a father, did you let your son uh, see strippers? Yeah. Now? Yes. Go. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm a very poor interview. You're fine. You're, you're good. You're good. <laughs> Bear <laughs> Rogers? Who is that? Okay. Sorry. Uh, um. Well, we had gone to New Orleans for a vocal majority contest. And uh, so we decided to afterwards go to the uh, Bourbon Street and see what what that was all about. We were with some of Melissa's friends. Uh, She was uh, one of the bridesmaids in her wedding. And um, so I had Brad on my shoulders and we're walking down Bourbon Street and of course all these places have people standing out in front hollering stuff to try to get you to come in with their particular establishment and um, this one guy was being very very loud and had the door open and I was looking it was kind of dark in there and I looked over there and there was a girl on a swing that was swinging out out of the door. I mean, it was like she was in and out of the door, you know, swing on the swing. And I couldn't figure out what that was. And I was just standing there staring, and it turned out it was a, a, a transvestite stripper club. Perfect. And, yep, and uh, I used couple of bottles of Visine once I discovered that. <laughs> and then I hear this, uh, and I looked at Melissa and, and she's pointing up, meaning you've got Brad on your shoulders and Brad was, you know, sitting there staring with his mouth open. Select John, I believe. Three is or four the... years old, trying to trying to figure out what I was trying to figure out, I guess. But well, that it, probably scarred him for life. Well, that there, there was something, too, where like he was like looking in to the strip club where you couldn't, like, the window didn't start until like it was like above your head. So he was actually looking into another club that you could, didn't know that he was looking into, and he was just, like, staring yeah. into it because he was sitting on your shoulders. And yeah, yeah, so had a good vantage point. Yeah, yeah, so he was thrilled about that. So and then, yeah. and then the other one has to do with uh, a funeral, and you guys kind of being big shots at a funeral. Yeah, what, what was that one? Yeah, um, the song uh, leader at at our church. We had a little singing group and. Uh, he asked, called me one morning and said, hey, we've got a funeral this morning, and I'm trying to get some singers together. And could you know us? Uh, uh, come, it's at 10 o'clock. And we were running the bakery at the time, and so we could get off. And uh, I said, yeah, sure. And I said, I don't know. I don't think we can get there early. And he said, oh, you know all these songs. He said, uh, just get there as soon as you can. And... 
you'll be great. And I said, okay. So I went home and changed, and Melissa and I drove up to the funeral home. And when we drove in the parking lot, this guy was waving us over, this work there. So I kind of drove over to him and rolled my window down. He goes, Rogers? And I went, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's us. He goes, I just parked up over here. And I was like, man, that's pretty cool. He knew we were coming. That's pretty cool. I had no idea who the person was that we were singing for. And so we get into the funeral. I'm sitting there and I look at the program and uh, the person that died, last name was Rogers. He was asking me if we were there for the Rogers funeral. So no relation, uh, but uh, yeah. that No relation. The idea that, oh, wow, we're very important. Yes, Rogers, of course. And they're pointing you over this way. It was just... Yeah, you were. That was the name of the of the person. Yeah, little, little humble pie there. Yeah. <laughs> well, very good. Well, that is good stuff. And I actually, I was going to do a few more, but I'm getting kicked out of the room that I'm in up at the library. So we're going to have to end the humans being human segment here. But we're going to have uh, Bear back on for some more comedic genius uh, in future podcasts. So thank you, Bear. Coming up next time, it's an interview with Paul Jamine, author of The Perfect Health Diet. He's a brilliant guy. He works at Harvard. I mean, he's like, I can't believe that I got him. As Dave Asprey said no, I could not believe this guy said yes. And we have just a fantastic conversation. That'll be coming up on the 28th, which I believe is Thanksgiving Day. So if you want to take a break from your crazy family, listen to the Superhuman Podcast on Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway all right so just real quick one more time before we get to the uh simply human tip of the week uh you can find us online at simplyhumanlifestyle.com there's links to the facebook page youtube channel simply human kids page at simply human 52 is my twitter handle i just redid the front page of the website to make it more easy more simple simpler to see oh wow uh, yeah it's great uh, you can email the show, questions, comments, concerns, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. And I, I mean, I, I really, it's hard for me to get to all the emails that I'm, that I'm getting every day. Uh, you know, sometimes I don't, sometimes I, I don't even get one in a week. <laughs> so it's hard for me to keep up with everything. So yeah, if you get an email, it, I will read it on the show, even if it's like, you suck. <laughs> You'll respond to the email literally within like 10 seconds of getting You're like, oh my god, I got an email. Oh yeah. my god, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. oh my god. I did like, get, I, yeah, I did get one from like Thailand that's saying like some little kid was needing money and so I sent him a bunch of money. Uh, Dear uh, Kenyan Prince, yeah, exactly. I will send you $10,000. Thanks for being a listener to the Human Simple Human Podcast. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I think that'll come back to bite me, but... Uh, okay, so anyway, leave a review on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening. Any publicity is good publicity. And so now it is time for the Simply Human Tip of the Week. And Thanksgiving is coming up next week. And Rick, you and I have already kind of talked about, you know, that's always sort of the derailer. You have derailed Tommy Boy <laughs> yes. of, of people's uh, goals. And, and uh, you know, people always gain, you know, 1,000 pounds between Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, uh, or uh, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And one thing that Vinny Tortorich always talks about is he says it's not what you do between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's what you do between Christmas and Thanksgiving. And, and then there's kind of a whole sort of philosophy behind that. But sort of the, there's like two options for me, like when I'm telling people how to manage the Thanksgiving and, and Christmas. For me, I know personally, and I, 
that, and I think you're the same way, if I have a cookie, that cookie turns into 47 dozen cookies, and, I, and then when I run out of cookies, so I just know that for me personally, I just feel better if I don't even have any of it. The, the second point is if you are going to have some stuff and you have goals now if you have no goals and probably not listening to this podcast then have 40 (laughs) then have 40 pies and eat whatever you want and that's cool but if you're trying to find tips and things what i do is i I find someone who can moderate their diet like you know someone who's not like me they can they can have one like a bite of a brownie or like they always leave like half of their pie that they don't eat then i'll eat you know and and my wife is like that, and so I just if I'm gonna if I am gonna indulge in something like that, uh, I will follow her around and make my plate look identical to hers because I know she's not gonna overeat. So what is your what is your sort of take on that? That's I think that's actually a very very good plan is is finding somebody that that's something worth you know you have to know yourself you have to know your limitations you have to know your strengths you have to know your weaknesses and I'm the same way as you uh, you know I can't I won't be able to eat you know. A tiny slice of pumpkin pie because then I'll end up looking like uh, like that Canadian mayor, like Rob Ford, like in the kitchen with like <laughs> oh, pie all over me, like Rob Ford rolling around like a crazy person. I should just like put a together clips of Rob Ford, and that could be the humans being human segment for like ten years straight. I think it's actually a good idea. I think you could probably get him on the show because <laughs> he's doing like all media. He's not turning anyone down yeah, for anything yeah. whatsoever, anything period these days. But I think that's a very good, a very good uh, kind of strategy there. I don't really have anybody like that in my family. <laughs> like, uh, oh, I'd I had to marry one. one of those. Yeah. Wrong. So, kind of like that. Yeah. You, you know, I'm coming into Thanksgiving dinner with a strategy, and that strategy is, hey, I'm gonna go ahead and you know, I know what's gonna be on the table. Everyone always knows what's on Thanksgiving table before they even show up. It's the same thing for every family every year. And so I'm gonna kind of have a list in my head of the things that I need to stay away from, the things that I can eat as much as I want, and I'm just gonna follow that uh, because, you know, I can't. I'm not really a moderation type of person. I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes, but that's kind of my plan going into it. It's just, you know, as much meat as I want, as much veggies yep. as I want, as much butter as I want, and uh, and we'll go from there. But, yep. man, yeah. I think I need to ask for having Thanksgiving dinner with you and Jen and so that I can yeah. make my plate look like your plate who looks like her plate. Yeah. And then we have three people that aren't, like, in a blood sugar, like, insulin coma, like, with <laughs> drool hanging out of their mouth at the end right. of the meal. And we are. I did talk my mother-in-law into buying a pasture turkey from Natural Grocers, uh, which is mm-hmm. a, a grocery line. So I will be uh, very happy uh, indulging in my turkey, my pasture turkey, and yeah, like vegetables and butter, and having my coffee in the morning, and maybe some after uh, uh, the big meal. And <laughs> yeah, so it'll it'll be great. And I am planning this year. My plan is to just not even have any of the sweet stuff, which like sounds like absurd. Like how could you go through and not? But I just I've learned you know over the last few years that I just feel better if I abstain, and and I'm not, I don't feel like I'm I'm like depriving myself i feel like i would be depriving everyone around me <laughs> if i did indulge in that because it would not be it would not be good well that's the ultimate i mean to me that's the ultimate kind of thing that's motivating me behind that is how wh- how would i feel better would i feel better uh with myself having you know a bunch of thanksgiving desserts and all that stuff or would i feel better at the next day going hey you know what i took care of myself i did what i'm supposed to do i did what i want to do and that's you know not giving in you know to the to the moment and to the temptation. And I know that I will feel better if I stay within you know kind of my plan, I guess. Right. 
Very good. So happy birthday to my wife, and uh, I guess we will have Paul Gemini on our thanks the Thanksgiving edition. I need to find some Thanksgiving sound effects or something, but. Uh, but anyway, so uh, Rick, you will be hopefully co-hosting every now and again, and uh, that we, good. we appreciate that. I would enjoy that thoroughly. All right, so that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human podcast. <laughs> and remember, <laughs> oh, brown out. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hope you enjoyed that. So, until next time, enjoy yourself. <laughs>